This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right, and we are ready for Ready Radio. KLZ 560, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it very much. Not super warm out quite yet, but at least the sun is shining. We have a good uh, show in store for you, as we always try to do, of course. Today we have a live show, which we've been doing a lot of lately. I haven't had much time out of the studio of late, which is good. Today is March the 17th, in case you're listening to a replay show. Mark Clay is joining us today, and Mark is somebody that I met through a friend of mine, uh, somebody that I'm actually coaching as well. But Mark's name came up just because of knowing what we do here on the program. And Mark has really, I, I guess, what I would call, you've got sort of a roadmap and or a checklist combo as to what you need to be doing to be prepared, but you kind of score it as well, right? Yeah, I put Am some I numbers right? to everything. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. So you can get a quantitative number at the end of it, and it's basically a test. You can take the test, and then you get a number, and the number kind of tells you, I suck, <laughs> or I'm doing great. Which, again, as we talk every week, all of you listening, you know this. We talk about these things each week. This is the first time that I've had anybody like Mark on where we've actually had you know, a, a test, a scorecard, if you would, a report card of you know where are you at, what are you doing. We, we've talked about all the different things for the past year plus on what folks need to be doing and different ideas and things. And, again, it, depending upon what level – you want to be at. And you guys all know my feelings on that. And I, you know, I, I am not, uh, I guess, Mark, the best way for me to say it is, you know, I, I feel like this is one of those things where we try to get everybody to be as ready as they possibly can, but the level of readiness is up to them. You, 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 you know, it's that old saying, you can, you know, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You know, we can give all the suggestions and all the different things and all the different ideas and even things, you know, if, if things were to go awry, you know, here's the different things you could plan for and so on. And again, I have no idea what tomorrow holds. Nobody does. But I think it's prudent to be prepared for, and we always say here on this show, be prepared for the what-ifs of life, whether it be right. some huge disaster that, you know, EMP, something along those lines, or, or just some of the weather disasters we end up with at times, natural disasters. I mean, it can be anything and everything, including even, uh, you know, just minor things that would happen on a localized level. And again, folks, i you know, not trying to get into the, the uh, you know, predicting the what-ifs. I just want people to be prepared for the what is. Does that make sense, Mark? That's right. Uh, be prepared for them. You know, just uh, last year, wasn't it? We had the fires over in Boulder County. Correct. You know, Great example. People had to get uh, Great example. out in a hurry, and you had to have a plan and to get out of there. I mean, it's critical. And then what are you doing after that? Right. That That's the other thing that really a lot of people didn't think through. And, and again, we'll get into the scorecard in a moment. You guys have heard me talk a lot, too, about on the preparedness side of what Mark just said a moment ago in regards to the fire and the things, you know, given that I've had a house burned down myself in the troublesome fire, which was a couple of years prior to what happened there. Um, I know a little bit about that and know what you need to do to be prepared. And, and the other thing that folks, Mark, forget, and this is a little bit different than what we're talking about on Ready Radio with you today, but, you know, the insurance side of the fence, and really quick, for those of you, 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 you know the mm. numbers, they're, they're very well known at this point. Uh, nine out of ten homes in that Marshall Fire, which is a very affluent area 
of of our front range area here. I mean, these are not poppers. These are not your medium home prices in Colorado. Everything there is well above average when you look at what the average costs are in Colorado for property values, homes, and so on. So, Mark, as you know that area, this is not a cheap place to live, and yet 9 out of 10 were underinsured. Oh. I, I, just, I just look at that and think to myself, number one, there's just no excuse for that. And then as a taxpayer, to have to come along and and be the go-to, if you would, for that. that. That is just something, Mark, that just to me is just appalling that the taxpayers would have to bail out folks that live in an area that, again, is way above the poverty line. And I'm not trying to be rude, and I understand what it's like to, to lose a house and so on, and I know the pain that, that, that that's involved or, you know, that's involved with that. But on the same token, I don't think it's my responsibility as a taxpayer to bail them out either. Sorry. I agree. I Just agree. Getting off on a whole other tangent, and that's not why you're here. But I agree. <laughs> but being prepared involves even those things. Do you have the right car insurance? Do you have the right health insurance? Do you have the right life insurance? Do you have the right homeowner's insurance? I mean, all these things involve being prepared. And I think, you know, for all of you listening, for me personally, as conservatives, of course, conservative Christians, I think it's very important for us to be more prepared than anyone else. That's just my thought process, Mark. And I don't think... I don't think I'm wrong in that thought. Right. I agree. I think it's our duty to do that, in a way. It's our responsibilities. There you go. We have a a friend of mine uh, and I are doing a uh, podcast, and the whole theme of the podcast is to wake up the lions. There you go. You know, there's too many people out there just gliding by, Mm -hmm. floating through life. And not thinking about the the what-ifs, like you say. Yep, and it's the what-ifs of life we're trying to get everybody ready for. Okay, so I always ask whether whether it's an author writing a book or somebody like you that's putting together a scorecard like this, what got you started on this and why? Uh, Because I, uh, (laughs) well, there's some things that I'm really interested in, like solar power and that kind of thing. And I feel like it has a good place, and that place is for smaller applications, mm-hmm. like for a home mm-hmm. or something smaller. I agree with you. And so I started to look at that, and I started to put the things together, and I really started to see that there's a there's a step-by-step process that you can go through to get more and more ready. Okay. And with each step, you're going to spend more time, yeah. more effort. Yep. And more money. More, yeah, that's right. More dinero. Right. You're right. But people, too many people, think, well, i got to get ready, and they think I have to do it all at once. No, this is an ongoing thing. This is a little score sheet mm-hmm. that kind of gives you the step-by-step process. You can get a little bit ready so that you can be ready, you know, for a month or three months, and you don't have to get ready all at once so that you can last a year. You know, I think that's very important what you just said because I think— for some, this can be a daunting, overwhelming task of, well, I'm never going to get there, so why bother? I'll right. just I'll just deal with it when it comes, and I'll worry about it if it ever comes. I'm not going to spend any time on the front side of it because it's just too large of a task. Well, that's not the right answer either. So no, don't be paralyzed. No, you've got to start just even the little things, just chipping away. And and, and I like what you said too that that you know the money side. I think that's the other thing a lot of folks worry about is well, this stuff all costs a lot of money. Well. I've given you guys really tips in the last year of things you can do that don't necessarily cost a lot of money. We talked about that even last week. For example, on the food side, you know, ramen noodle and cup of noodles 
has a long shelf life. It's really inexpensive. And if it came down to it and that's what you had to have survive, there's a lot of college kids that do right now on an ongoing basis. So bottom line is, could you get by with ramen noodles, you know, temporarily, even for a month or so, eating those a couple of times a day, Mark? Yeah, you could actually. And it's not expensive, right? And they're cheap. So, you know, it's not like, and I think this is where people get intimidated, is they look at the, and I hate the term prepper, by the way, because I just think it gets this connotation of it's like a gun nut. Well, right. you know, if you own more than three guns, you're now a gun nut. Well, not in my world, you're not. Um, not with you know three or more. Uh, yeah. You're actually a pretty sane individual that is just trying to, again, be prepared. And there's also, again, the gun side of the fence is very much like the prepper side. You know, there are guns. It's like a car. There are so many different makes, models, and applications depending upon what you're trying to do and so on that that can also become daunting. It's almost like when you go to you know buy a new car, which you know my background, I'm a car guy, so for a lot of you listening, it's like that daunting task of, I want to buy a new car, where do I start? Well, honestly, you take almost what Mark's done here. There's a, and I say this on air all the time, you, you take basically a piece of paper or a scorecard, you write down all your needs on one side, not once, by the way, because when you're buying a car, there's a lot of wants that go into it. No, you, you put down the needs. You know, if you want to put a few wants in there, you know, depending upon what level you're at income-wise and where you're at as far as your status of, of life is concerned, I, okay, fine. Put some wants down also. If you, if, I don't care. Bottom <laughs> line, you put down what your needs and wants are. Needs first, of course. And then you match up what fits into that. And I think, Mark, what you've done with this scorecard is a lot of the same end of it. It's like, okay, where do you want to get to? You know, where do you want to be when this is all said and done? Right. And here's the scorecard or the process to get there, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and there's uh, I have 15 different categories of readiness. I prefer that word. I like that better, too. And that's yeah. why we call this. Charlie came up with the name, actually. You know, Instead of preparedness radio, it's ready radio because yes. everybody can be ready whether you're a quote-unquote prepper or not. Yes. Is, why, is the reason why I wanted to use that. And there's lots of things to get ready for. You know. And I also know this. I've talked about this in the past. And I think you'll appreciate this as well, Mark. I know a lot of quote unquote preppers that I'm not sure are still ready. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. In other words, they've stocked up in this particular area or they've got all the guns and ammo they think they need for the apocalypse, but yet they forgot some of the basic necessities or they've got, you know, all of the food, but they've got no way to arm themselves and make sure they can defend that food. I mean, mm-hmm. I go down the list of where I think some folks get get almost the scales are unbalanced. They consider themselves a prepper, but yet if they look at the balance across the board, they're probably heavily weighted in one area and not in another. The scorecard you put together helps with that. Yeah, one of these categories that a lot of people are not ready for is the skills. Mm -hmm. You know, they they go spend a lot of money on their extra food. Maybe they get a water filter and they get a couple guns and they think they're ready, but they got no skills. Mm-hmm. And so that's how they... Okay, so, you know, that's a, that's a great great place to start. And we'll get into more of what's actually on the sheet. And by the way, we've got, as you guys all know, listening, we have an hour here today. Uh, Mark is local, so if we don't get every single thing covered today, believe me, we can do this again. So I'm not worried about time here. We've got plenty of time, Mark. If we don't get every single thing done, we'll we'll get together again and keep going because I just want to make sure we're thorough in what we're, what we're doing here because this show... And I've heard this from a lot of different individuals. This show helps a lot of people that aren't thinking in this manner. So I want to make sure that we're we're slow, methodical, and that we're getting everything done that we need to. But the skill side, let's start there for a second, because I do think that's an area that even 
even some folks that are fully, quote-unquote, prepped. Mm-hmm. Um, that may be fine. They may be prepped. They may be a really good shot. They, they may know how to handle a, a firearm very well. Um, can you gut clean and cook what you just killed? Ah, good one. Yep. Or, or go, going back to some of the old skills that are being forgotten, Mike, can you change a tire? Yeah, great, <laughs> oh, great point, Mark. No, Can you read point. a map? When, you're, uh, when If the cell towers go down and your phones don't work, can you read a paper map? Yeah, can you tell where you are and where you need to be based on that paper map? Yes. Great yes. point. Yep. Okay, so question for you. And I'm a, I'm a trades guy. I don't, you, you don't know my background, but I've been in the automotive industry. Grew up there my whole life. Uh, never went to college. Started my own business in my early 20s. I've been self-employed that entire time. Most of the skills I've learned have been either by school of hard knocks or, you know, you just figure it out one way or the other because as an owner, that's what you do. You don't have any choice. You, you don't have enough extra cash and money to just call whoever repairman to show up and do whatever. You, you just have to do it. And I was fortunate enough to be raised by a father that was very much that same way. I always call it uh, the white flag of surrender. My dad rarely ever raised the white flag of surrender and called a repairman in. We literally usually just figured out on our own what we needed to do to take care of whatever problem might be going on. About the only time you ever called the, you know, the, the, or you ever raised the white flag of surrender is if, you know, you had some sort of a major plumbing problem or a septic issue or something like that and you needed bigger equipment and things along those lines. But if it was all just regular everyday normal stuff you know my dad was one of those that would just tackle it and you know i was a very inquisitive uh child and i liked to be around all of that and i tried to learn as much as i could as i went along and did fortunately and was able to absorb all of that and then apply it as we go through so there's a lot of folks out there though and i mean this in the most sincere way and believe me everything i just said i'm not criticizing those that didn't grow up that way because there's a lot of folks that didn't have that opportunity either raised by you know, single mom or maybe mom and dad, but dad just didn't have those skills and maybe had a little more money and there was the ability to call the repair guy every time and so on. And again, not not criticizing anybody, Mark, but if there's people out there that didn't have the the blessings that I had growing up, which at the time didn't seem like it because it was always like, can't we just call somebody to help do this? This is just, you know, this is a, you know. <laughs> now I look back and realize how important and helpful all those things actually were over, over that time and the life skills that I learned. You don't realize it at the time, but not everybody had that opportunity. So folks that are listening today where they're thinking, you know, I, I need to shore some of those skills up. How do they do that? Uh, the first and best tool is YouTube, believe it or not. I agree. You can learn a lot of tools, even, you know, if you don't know how to fish, there's people on YouTube that will teach you how to fish. Good point. Um, you know, I put a, a radon system in my house. It was going to cost $3,000, $4,000. And there I ain't much to them. By the way, there ain't much to them. There's not much to it. You just got to buy the fan and, you know, maybe go rent a drill to Do go the plumbing. And, yeah, trust me, it's not a big deal. I've it's watched that not, myself as well. It wasn't. To your you know, point. And it, was, it cost me, I think, uh, 500 bucks. So Most of that was the fan. And I learned it all on YouTube. I learned it on YouTube. I learned um, how to put up the uh, solar panels on YouTube. Okay. I learned what kind of generator to buy for the solar panels on YouTube. Okay. That was the best and first source that I always go to if I don't know how to do something. Fixing a car, like you said, you can do a lot of things. I couldn't tear apart an engine like you probably could, but, you know, I can go replace the starter on it. Well, and and when we get to – or when – say when i guess i just how, sh- how should i say this um 
I do know at some point it will be a win. The scripture is very clear on that. Now, are we there right now? Uh, guys, I have no idea. I, I don't have that answer, and I will say this as well, and I've said this a hundred times if I've said it once. No one does. So if somebody's out there running around saying that they know this is the end times and we're here now and be prepared and blah, blah, blah. Yes, be prepared, but is it now? Mark, I have no idea. Neither does anybody else. Nobody knows the day or the hour. That's right. And if anybody's running around saying that, honestly, run. Because they don't know. True. But I do think the Lord told us to watch for the signs. Agree. And we can watch for the signs. Sure can. And, can do, and are some of those out there right now? Absolutely, absolutely. they are. Absolutely they are. So, and, and, and again, Mark, they, they have been our entire lives, actually, as well. I mean, the, the signs just continue to build. They've been there since I was a kid when, when you were young as well. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, all that being said, even just, the, as I said earlier, the natural disasters and the things that we still need to prepare for, those are there no matter what you believe scripturally or where you are in your faith or no faith. Th- that part of it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, when it comes to just the regular things you still need to be prepared for, having clean water, making sure you've got the ability to feed yourself, protect yourself, uh, be able to hold up at home for three, four weeks, even if we had a big blizzard and you couldn't go anywhere. I mean, we've seen places up in the Tahoe area that have had 70 feet, not inches, 70 feet of snow. Okay, if you, were, if you found yourself in that position and you didn't have the ability to leave and go to town and get supplies, what do you do? Right. And so, again, whether it's end times things or not, Mark, you still have to be prepared, is my point. Well, you know, our, our power grid is becoming more and more fragile. Sure is. And uh, you, we can be easily have a brownout for half a day. That's right. Or we can be without power for three or four days. That's, That's not exactly unusual. right. No, no you're 100% correct there. You know, now, I had one. Uh, we, had, we were out of power for three days a few seasons ago. This is before I had my solar system. But I was able to uh, unplug my uh, furnace, connect some wires, and then plug that into my generator, and we didn't have to leave the house. We had heat in September when it was getting into the 20s at night. Which you need heat then. And for two nights we had to do that, and all the other neighbors had to leave and go have their neighbors rescue them, which isn't a bad option. But we didn't have to because we were able to just get the heater running again. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And, and again, to what Mark just said a moment ago, those are some of the skills that, yes, they are out there. So we'll come back. I want to talk a little bit more about that. We'll talk about the scorecard as well. And again, if we get all the way through this, great. I can tell you by looking at it, we won't. We'll have to have Mark back. I can already tell you that because there's a lot to discuss. And again, I appreciate Mark joining us today, Mark Clay. And and I guess really quick, Mark, before we move on to break, i got to take a break here in a second. How do folks find the scorecard? Um, the best way to look at it right now is to just go to onedayclosser.biz. And I put it right on the uh, front page okay. this morning. So just go there, onedayclosser.biz. It's at the bottom. Perfect. And don't forget, guys, Stack Optical, where we talk about all these things preparedness-wise and making sure that you're ready. Eyesight, being able to see in these times is also a big deal. We tend to forget these extra things where, hey, you know what? I better make sure I've got a really robust pair of glasses so that if I'm one of those that I really can't even see to drive without a pair, you better make sure you're dialed in. You've got an extra pair. They're designed for what you're looking at doing. And even on a day-to-day basis, I'm looking at Mark over here who wears glasses. If you just need regular daily glasses, Alan can do that for you as well. And by the way, he is very like-minded like we are in all of this. And I say this all the time and I mean this. 
Wouldn't you rather do business with somebody that thinks the same way you do when it comes to all the things we're discussing versus going to a big box store where, frankly, you're not even hardly a number and they definitely don't believe in the same things we believe in? I'd rather give my money to somebody that believes in the exact same causes we believe in and support them as opposed to somebody else that might even be working against me at the end of the day, Mark. So Stack Optical, 303-321-1578. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. You need a roof that is going to keep you and yours protected from the Colorado elements this winter. But having a reliable, functioning roof doesn't mean you should have to compromise your bank account. Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we try to save every client from the expense of a costly replacement with a rejuvenation treatment. This 100% plant-based product gives you new roof performance without new roof costs. But sometimes a replacement is absolutely necessary. With over 20-plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your family. For any roofs that do not qualify for the treatment, we work with your insurance so you can get the replacement you need. Contact Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado today, and he will inspect your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Call 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com today to ensure your family is protected. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. All right, we are back. Thanks for joining us. Ready Radio KLZ 560. Again, live show today, March the 17th, as we start heading into spring, which is Monday, I believe, is the official start of spring, the 20th. And Mark Clay's with us. He's got a website also, onedayclosser.biz. That's where you can go and actually find the scorecard. And Mark and I, even during the, the break there, we're talking about just the trades and where we started to get away from the trades. And really, folks, this didn't happen yesterday. This has been going on. When I was in high school, some 40 years ago, we've seen a shift away from the trades. And, 
you know, people trying to go to college and make more money that way. And again, I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm not against that, but I don't think it's for everyone. We've sort of made this this blanket uh, uh, blanket statement, I guess you could even say, Mark, where everybody's got to go to college or, or you're, you know, you're not going to succeed in life. And now what we're seeing is a relaxing even of some of the requirements that you no longer have to have a college degree to get certain jobs, which for a while you did. So there's been a relaxing of that. Mark and I were talking how more and more people are starting to realize that, oh, maybe a trade isn't such a bad deal you know, after all. Now, all that being said, because we've lost some of the quote-unquote trades, the skill set of the average American, I believe, Mark, has dropped. People do rely on more of the, the phone as, you know, the phone being the main form of this is how I'm going to repair something. I just make the call. Well, here's th- something to think about. What if you can't? What <laughs> yeah. if that call's not going anywhere? Yep. Or, or what if you're, you know, what if you're at the bottom of the list, even if you do finally get a hold of someone, and yet what you have going on is a dire emergency? What do you do then? What, you know, where are you gathering that skill from? And I think one thing we have to always remind ourselves of as well is depending upon what type of a calamity may come upon us. EMP, for example, um, YouTube is there today. In a giant EMP strike, it won't be. Because the servers will not be running, folks. Correct. The internet will not be accessible. And if you don't believe me, we you know we had a great interview uh, last week from the author of you know One Second After, and he wrote a series of books along those lines. And trust me, the majority of experts will tell you that in a large EMP strike, somebody like I don't think it would be a China, but you could they could use a third party even. But let's say all of a sudden a balloon traveling across North America has a you know EMP on it. Better yet, they'd launch that thing probably 150, 200 miles up. Uh, they they launch a couple, two, three EMPs above the continental United States, and guess mm-hmm. what? You, we don't have power for probably a year, maybe longer. Uh, you're not going to the Internet to try to figure out how to do something. So to me, Mark, it's imperative that people pick these skills up now. And some of you would say, yes. well, how do I know what to even go after? Well, first things first. Go to the scorecard and start working through it, right? Yep. If you don't have much time, effort, or money, you start at the beginning. Okay. You know, and you start just Okay, going so let's, let's go through a little bit of the scorecard. How do, how, I guess once somebody sees this on the website, how do they use it? So they've, they go there, they print it off, they've got it in front of them. How do they start using this? Well, um, if you go to it, it's two pages. And on the second page, it basically shows you how to do it. And what you basically do is you just uh, circle. I have skill levels that start from 1 to 10. Okay. And for each category, you know, water, food, basic stuff, up to uh, EMPs, medical transports, all kinds of things, 15 categories. Then you just rate your preparations and your readiness on a scale of 1 to 10 for each one. And then you're going to add them up, and you're going to maybe give yourself some few bonus points on the back, and then divide by 15, and that's going to be your score. Okay. Now, if you score uh, from 0 to 2, you just better uh, hurry and get started now. All right. If you score four to five, uh, you got a good start, but keep going. Uh, if you score a six to an eight, you're serious and you're doing well. Okay. Okay. So you don't have to be a ten to be fairly ready. Okay. A score of six to eight is. Which, which if you think about it, so you're above half. You, you know, you're you're way above average. Right. 
if you think about it at that point. So you're doing really well, right? Yeah. In fact, you would survive better than most if you score anything over a six. Okay. You really would. Okay. And then eight to ten, you know, those are for these people that, uh, you know, have a a whole community of believers in the backwoods or and everything's off grid or whatever. You know, those are the extreme pioneer type mentality people. Okay, so let's go through. And that's not most of us. No, yeah, and and by the way, that's the one percenters. Right. They're probably out there. I mean, I'm not even that guy. I'll be the first to to admit it to to you guys out there. I'm not a one percenter. Now, not bragging, but do I have a little bit of an advantage over a lot of folks? Yes, because I have a lot of resources at my disposal being self-employed and even having a current business and different things that I have access to and so on. And then on top of that, because of my skill set, Mark, Um, I probably, and I'll have to go through and take this, this scorecard, but I'm guessing because of my own skill set, you know, I'm a guy where even if I don't have it today, could I have it tomorrow because of my skill set? If I had to, yeah. In a lot of situations, you probably could. Yeah. And so for yep. me, and, and now I will say this, I also don't want to be one of those guys where I'm relying too much on my skill and not enough on being prepared. Because that, I think, can also happen as well. Mm. Oh, I'll figure it out when that day comes. Well, if you don't have all the resources necessary, that yeah. day will come. You could have every skill set known to man, but if you didn't plan for what you need during that time, that's not going to matter either. Right. Right? Or if you need to do something that requires a team of people, but you don't have your team. Great point. You know? <laughs> Great point. Then you're going to be doing it yourself, and it may not work. Okay, so on the left side of this, we'll just kind of go through a few of these. These are different categories. You've got water. These are separate. So as I pause, this is a separate category. Water, food, shelter, the energy sides of things, electricity, of course, cooking and the fuel that would go with that, financial, which we talk a lot about on this program and even during the week, sanitation, which I talked about a couple of weeks ago, by the way, folks. To me, that is huge. Most people forget about the sanitation end of things, and I will tell you that more people will struggle and die from lack of cleanliness, infection, things along those lines, and they probably will a lack of food. Think about that for a moment, folks. That's a really, really big deal. Security and protection, skills and knowledge, which we've been talking about. Comms, how do you communicate with one another? Medical, we talk a lot about that as well. If you're somebody that requires medicine to live, how are you going to do that? You better have a plan for that. You you are actually, you know, I— I'm not saying that one of these is more important than another, but if that is your world and you rely on medication daily, this becomes almost a number one. Well, it doesn't almost. It is a number one, even over food and water, Mark. If you require insulin, for example, on a daily basis, that goes above food and water. You've got to keep the insulin cold. Yep. And you, yeah, how are you going to handle that side of it as well? So that's a big, big factor, the medical side. Uh, And again, these aren't in any specific order that I feel because all of these are important correct you individually will have to determine where do i put these categorically from a to z a being the most important z not you'll have to be that person transportation of course tools do you have any (laughs) i hope so (laughs) i hope so too uh the emp side we just talked about that a moment ago as well you know and this is one that i i think is we we haven't gotten into on Ready Radio. I do this a lot on our weekly show, you know, on the daily show, I should say. In fact, we've got an, an IT sponsor that we have there that we talk a lot, Denver IT. We talk a lot about the privacy side, but that's a the privacy thing, Mark, is a big deal that a lot of people forget about. 
Yeah, I think that's important. And especially the young people just kind of poo-poo it because their whole life is on their phone and they don't care. But they're not thinking about the future. That stuff you put on your phone, if you're banking on your phone and it gets hacked, then the hackers have access to your bank account. Correct. So start taking privacy more seriously, Mm -hmm. people. I agree. Don't give out your information to everybody who asks for it. Be just uh, just slow down about that. Well, you know? the other thing I've got a little tip along those lines as well, and this is doesn't necessarily have to do with the preparedness end of things, but it's just, again, being ready, being smart, and so on. I can't tell you, Mark, how many people that I know are on vacation that are posting vacation pictures while on vacation, which I get mm-hmm. it. Everybody wants to know where you're at and so on. Now, if people know where you live and they know you're on vacation and you maybe don't have a family member left behind house sit or something along those lines, they know that your home is empty. Where to go? Yep. Why would you post that Yeah. to let everybody know you're gone? Yep. To me, post vacation pictures after you're home. That's right. I noticed everybody on Twitter or YouTube who has a blue check mark, they always post their pictures after they get home. That's a wise thing they They're can always They're smart. Do. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Wait, do those things after. That way no one knows you're not home. So to me, that's, again, again, one of those privacy things. So, all right, you want to pick a category and just kind of run through this so people get an idea of how this sheet actually works, Mark? And I don't care which category we pick. It could be any. Pick one. I don't care. All right. Uh, well, let's, um, let's look at energy okay. because there's, there's two things that I think are more likely to happen than others. You're going to lose power. Yes. You're going to lose your electricity. Um, and so let's start there. So if you got just a couple extra batteries in the drawer, you get a one on the scale here. Okay. All right? So it's okay. easy. Um, if you get some uh, a smaller power pack maybe, um, a uh, like a solar power pack that you can use to charge your phone with, okay, there's your two. So you're going to be able to be further along on this list than you may think. Okay. Most people are going to be able to scar, score uh, well into the threes or fours. So in threes, you got, you know, extra propane tanks. You got extra storage in number four for, for your energy, battery storage, extra the propane tanks like I mentioned. Uh, by gas. the time you get up to five, yep, natural gas. By the time you get up to five, you got uh, like a solar power pack. It could be something kind of small, like something you would even use for your tailgating or going camping, something like that, something that's 500 watts probably or smaller. Okay. Just having that gives you a level of preparation where you can charge your phones, you can charge your uh, batteries for your devices that you need, flashlights, etc., uh, going up to six, you get a little bit bigger power pack and maybe some solar panels to charge your power pack. Some power packs you have to plug into the wall. Right. Well, if the power is out, that's no good. That's right. Not so maybe the you. next step is to get a little bit bigger one that you can charge with your solar power. Gotcha. All right. Uh, next step would be maybe a generator with extra fuel. A generator is going to cost you three fifty, four hundred dollars for a low-level one. Right. This is you just could actually. By the way, that's something that's gotten a lot less expensive than it used to be. It used to be what Mark just mentioned would cost you a thousand bucks or more, fifteen hundred dollars or so for the little Honda generators. Luckily, with competition, uh, there's a lot of companies now that build a very, very similar 
uh, generator to what Honda has for, to your point, Mark, three four hundred dollars max, yep. and we'll do everything you need it to do, especially in the circumstances that we're talking about. You know, th- this isn't something where you're at a construction site using it on a daily basis. And yeah, if you're one of those guys, buy the high-end Honda unit because you're going right. to use it daily and it's going to last a lot longer. But for what we're talking about here, we're just going to charge a few things here and there, maybe keep the furnace running at night. Any of these three $400 units would work fine. That's right. And you know, you can get them at uh, the big box stores. And you can get them, and I suggest you strongly do this. If you do get one, get one that's multi-fuel. Get the, get one yeah. that can be powered by gasoline and propane. They're out there. You can get dual or triple-fuel generators. Sure can. Yeah, because right? that's the other thing that, that – um, um, and I don't know if it's on your list. I don't see that it is. And this is something to remember. Those of you – we talk about this a lot on Drive Radio on the Saturday show – if you have gasoline, you've got to make sure you've got a stabilization for that gasoline because otherwise in 45 to 60 days, that gas will actually start to go bad. And what's well, deteriorating from day one, but it will really start to deteriorate at that 60, 90-day mark roughly. Your fuel, your gasoline, unless you treat it somehow, if you treat it, you can get up to a year, year and a half out of that gasoline non-treated. You have a very, very, sh- well, let me say short shelf life. Yeah, it'll, it'll go a month plus, but as we... If something were to happen and tarry on and you don't have the ability to go get new fuel, you better have a way to treat that gasoline or it's going to go bad. That's right. And that it's even better if you get propane because propane does not deteriorate. No, it does not go it bad. It does not break down, does not go bad. You can be using your tanks five, six, ten years later and you're Correct. still good. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah. That once it's a sealed unit, that propane's not going anywhere. It's a, it's It's there for forever. Yep. And really quick, too, a side note on that. For a lot of you listening— uh, and, and most people maybe don't know this, but you know you you don't have to use just the small bottles. They make larger bottles. A lot of times you'll find those at you know construction auctions or different places at different times. And if you've got the ability to do one of the hundred pound bottles, for example, and mm-hmm. you've got the room in your garage or even outside, they don't have to be stored inside. They could be stored outside very easily. Just make sure it's in an area where somebody's not going to come along and steal it. Although when they're full, they're very heavy. So the chance <laughs> of somebody walking off with it. That's the other nice thing about a large bottle. Somebody walking off with it becomes very difficult. You could chain them to to something as well to where, you know, with with a lock to where they're not going to walk off. But 100-pound bottles, think about that. That's uh, four of the small ones. Yeah, that's a good... That's a good suggestion. And, and, they're, and they're not as hard to come across as you would think for all of you listening. And to Mark's point, you have one of those filled. Guess what? You've got a lot of capacity there now. And for some of you that are on propane, that are out in some of the, the more rural areas that, that listen to us, okay, you're in a whole other world. We're not talking to you. Yeah. You, you, you've got an advantage to, to in, in some ways over everybody else because you've got your own large tank storage. Yeah. Uh, they and, would and not, be, they would score a ten on the sheet. Correct, because you, you've got fuel. You, right. You're you're covered right. now. I also will tell you though, those of you that are in that world, make sure it's full. Yeah. And I know a lot of you will do different things at different times, and you'll watch the pricing and so on. And, and, and I get that. And right now, by the way, propane's up. I, I don't know why at the moment propane is up, but propane right now currently is up. So some of you, where you're looking at some of these things, and as Mark said earlier. You don't have to do all this at once. You can budget some things out. You could get that 100-pound bottle and watch for propane to drop in price and then fill. You don't have to fill when prices are high. Watch the market. See what's going on, and you can fill accordingly as long as your bottle doesn't need inspected. And really quick as far as that goes, every tank will have an inspection date on it and when it's good too. Read it, and you'll know what you need to do or not do when it comes to having that tank filled. Right. It's real simple. 
Yep, absolutely. So if you had, going back to the generator, if you had a generator and some fuel, the propane and the stuff to run it, then you would score a 7 on the sheet, and you're doing good. Right off the bat. All right, boom. Uh, the next level, number 8, would be like a, a large solar power pack. You know those those ones we just talked about where mm-hmm. you can uh, just put them on your tailgate right before the game? Those little power packs, they now have big ones. That's right. You can run your house on some of these big ones. You can. And there's two or three companies out there that are making them, and they're good. Yeah. They're really good. Yeah, good point. So that would be a, an 8. And a number 9 would be the same thing, but if but now you have... Uh, the solar panels to go with it, and you got the battery capacity to run your house. Right. And then number 10 would be a situation where you already have a full house power system. Now, uh, let me point out there, a lot of people don't understand that if you get a solar a solar system that they put on your house that's connected to the grid and the grid goes down. So are you. You are too. That's right. You no longer have just you, because you think I've you heard have people s- say that. Well, I've got solar. Well, no, you don't. Not a, I mean, you if, do, but yeah. if the grid goes down, uh, if you don't have the ability to, to redirect that power, cut that off from the grid and redirect it, no, you don't. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so a lot of people don't understand that. If you're going to get solar and you want to be prepared... You make sure it's off-grid. That's yeah. the key. Which means you've got to have some sort of a bat. They call them, uh, you know, the Tesla uh, uh, wall. The power uh, wall. Power wall. So you've got to have some sort of a power wall. Otherwise, yes, you're not going to do any good. All right, we've got calls coming in. And I should have mentioned earlier, if you have any questions for Mark, by the way, yes, lines are open, 303-477-5600. Let's do this. We have a call coming in. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll finish talking to Mark, plus take our call at the same time. We'll be right back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. You need a roof that is going to keep you and yours protected from the Colorado elements this winter. But having a reliable, functioning roof doesn't mean you should have to compromise your bank account. Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we try to save every client from the expense of a costly replacement with a rejuvenation treatment. This 100% plant-based product gives you new roof performance without new roof costs. But sometimes a replacement is absolutely necessary. With over 20-plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your family. For any roofs that do not qualify for the treatment, we work with your insurance so you can get the replacement you need. Contact Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado, today, and he will inspect your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Call 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com today to ensure your family is protected. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses. 
will look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right, since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. All right, we are back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I do appreciate it very much. Mark Clay with me today. He's got his own website and podcast as well, One Day Closer biz. You can go there and check out and get the scorecard we're talking about as well. Mark, what's going on? Hey, good afternoon, guys. I've been listening to this show for, for months and months. Thank uh, you. Since last year. And uh, in Drive Radio, Fix the Radio, I love all these shows. Thank you. But the one thing that you guys really haven't talked about, and it concerns me that I haven't heard this talked about yet, you've got all these items, okay, radios, two-way radios, um, maybe your FM radio, backup batteries, battery packs, um, solar, solar chargers, all these items, none of those are going to function if an EMP hits. We were just talking about that through the break, actually, Mark. Very true. No, unless you've protected those... uh, you know, unless you've protected those some way, somehow, EMP shield, there's other devices you can use. Uh, yeah, unless you've done some of that, Mark, you're right. So I've, I, I, being a ham radio operator, I talk to a lot of ham guys in the Denver area about this very issue because of this radio station. And my question to them is, what do they do or what do they have or know that will work? And I've actually heard of several different things, which I have not personally implemented yet, and I need to do that probably immediately on the checklist there, is trash cans. So like your old school metal trash can. So one individual told me to take the lid, flip it upside down, and then put like your batteries or your flashlights or whatever on the lid, and then take the whole trash can upside down, put it over the 
top and then seal the top with like your uh, HVAC metal tape. Mm-hmm. And then that becomes your shelter for those electronic items. So the EMP hits. Yeah. Now those items are protected in those trash cans. As long as that can is sealed, you'd be fine, yes. Yeah, and as long as the can is insulated as well. Put some cardboard between Correct. your items and the metal. All right? Oh, yes. Okay. Because okay. otherwise, be sure it'll, it's otherwise it'll, it'll just, unless it's a lead can, that's a whole different conversation. But, yes, in that trash can case, Mark, yeah, you could do that. Uh, you know, the other thing you could do with the trash can along those lines, which would also work, is you could rubberize the inside of that, spray it with Flex Seal, something along those lines, and then that inside is automatically insulated. Spray the bottom, the sides, the underside of the lid. All that would be fine. And once you get it all sealed up, that would be insulated because that rubber will be an insulator as well. Yes, and here's another thing that maybe a lot of people don't know about. They now have cloth out there that has metal mesh in it. They'll call it conductive cloth, and you can buy it by the yard online, and you can put this cloth over your instruments, over your generator. You buy enough of it, you can even put it over a car. And so the conductive cloth might be a good way to protect it against TNP as well. The biggest thing on that that I am not familiar with, and this is something that we'll do some more, you know, questioning and testing and such on, is given the fact that the EMP will, in its second or third wave, actually, you know, go into the earth itself and then come back out of the earth, Mark, not Mark on the phone, but Mark here in the studio, would you have to wrap that blanket all the way around the vehicle, knowing that if the top side's covered, but yet from the earth up... Yeah. Do you have to go all the way around is my question, and I don't know the answer to that. I don't know, and I haven't seen the testing on that either, but if you can buy enough cloth, you might as well. I, I think you would be best off to do so. So, yeah, to your point, and though, Mark, yes, that that's true. the question that I brought up, too, as well, is, you know, what can we do for our vehicles? And so the answer that some of the ham guys talked about was um, the Connex boxes that you can get, yeah. which they ship the vehicles in anyway. Yeah. And then ha- have electrical grounds uh, yeah. around the outside edges installed around the Connex box and then bonded to the box and then park your vehicle in the box. Um, Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think that's even a bigger risk than they think. If that box is complete, here's what I would do. I would rather have the box completely sealed, not grounded, because the grounding it, again, if you end up with EMP coming back up out of the earth through the dirt itself and then in in through your grounded wire, um, I, I don't know at the end of the day if that's really going to... Again, Mark, some of this really hasn't been tested, so a lot of people are guessing at this because they don't know the exact answer, because none of us do, by the way. Thankfully, we haven't right. had an EMP right. we, Yeah, we haven't had one to, to go through. <laughs> Even a large, I'm reading, a, you know, uh, our, our guest last week wrote a book called 48 Hours, where in this case, it's not an EMP, it's solar flares that are causing the disruptions, which that's also another big deal. It doesn't just have to be an EMP. It could be large solar flares that, that you know, hit the uh, hit the earth as well that can do a lot of these things. And again, Mark, I just think there's a lot of unknowns. And, you know, when it comes to vehicles, it just my, this is my own opinion. You guys know me. I'm the car guy. In my opinion, if you really want to make sure you've got reliable transportation after, full, after a full bore EMP, have a car that runs on points. Yep, an old car. Yep, have what, an old car that runs on points. Where would be the year cutoff? 72 and older. 72 and older, yep. Oh, yep. good Good to know. Because I, I thought I was being smart by having like a, 
a 79, but maybe that's not even over. You have a 79, and you take the HEI module, if it's a Chevy, and you have the HEI module or any of the late model cars in that that world. As long as you've got an extra distributor module that you've kept in a lead container, Faraday box, put it in your trash can you're talking about, Mark. If you had that, you could most likely, if it doesn't start, put a new module in it, and it would run at that point. Because in that case, I don't think it would. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there even that'll say it'll wipe out the starter motors and different things along those lines. I've read differences of opinions both ways. I I don't know. I mean, I guess worst comes to worst, have an extra starter motor kicking around where if you had to replace the starter, you could. I I don't know that it would kill the windings in a starter motor because there's there's nothing electronic in the starter motor. It's all mechanical as to how it operates. I personally don't think an EMP would take out the starter motor, but there's folks out there that think it would. Uh, some of that has to do with just the strength of the EMP. Correct. If Good it point, was Mark. an actual weapon, the strength would likely be much greater than it would be from a solar flare. Good point. And the, the solar flare... Unless it's a earth-ending solar flare, but that's a whole other <laughs> conversation, of course. Yeah, the big one that comes out and consumes Earth. Yeah, we don't Which want Which is that. talked about in Revelation, by the way. But well, that's I digress. <laughs> Keep going, Mark. Yeah. So Right, so... Uh, I, I guess it's interesting, the, the conversation as it goes, I'm listening, and I guess I assumed in my mind, because I'm, I'm the, no expert, and obviously we're, none of us are since we uh, haven't no. any of this. And really quick, but, Mark, honestly, even some of the folks that claim to be, um, really when it comes to what we're talking about and how it would be delivered, you know, the payload of it, how it would affect the earth itself, they're, even the guys that are quote-unquote experts, there's still a lot of guessing going on, trust me. Yes, and may so I? You, can I so mention? Said, go ahead. Can go ahead. I mention the uh, guy on YouTube? Go right ahead. Yeah, you bet. Um, look on YouTube for a guy named the EMP Doctor. All right, he okay. is. He's a real nerdy guy, and he does the testing on your right before your eyes on the videos. And so he'll test. You, oh. He'll show you how good your trash can e, uh, Faraday cage is going to work, and how much better it works if you seal it with that metal tape that you were talking about. Okay, so EMP Doctor does a lot of that kind of stuff, and you can get a lot of good information about EMPs in general, as well as how to protect against them. Interesting. Yeah, I, I heard about the uh, like using a microwave, but then using tape over the seal of the door of the yeah, microwave. That would that would probably work. I don't know why that wouldn't. So like. Put Maybe cell phones and charging cables and things like that, and, and the well, cell phones are you know, cell then, phones are hardened. It's just going to be. You, you know, what are you going to use it for? Because all the towers will be down. So, because you know, I can tell you right now, those are not hardened. I, 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 uh, I have one of those that uh, uh, I, I have a lease on. I can tell you right now that I know enough about that that they're not hardened, Mark. Well, and I'm not sure about the microwaves either. When I did the test, I put my phone in the microwave. I went to my landline line. And I called my phone. And it still answered. And it rang. Yeah. Or it still rang, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so my microwave, anyway, wasn't doing very good. Maybe you should test yours just by putting the phone in there. But don't well, turn it I on. I did try that. I did try that. And it did ring. And I asked another ham radio operator why that is supposed to be an EMP protection but still rings. And it, and it has to do with the seconds or the time that the pulses of the EMP are active and, and damaging. So if it's going to go around the sheet or, or the frame of the microwave, then, you know, if it doesn't mm. touch or catch it on fire because of the second amount, then you're good. And then you can open the door once the pulse, which when you were talking, John, about 
having the reverse pulse, I, that's the first ever time I've ever heard that. Yeah, you heard um, our so author last week talking about, about that. that. Yeah, the, it, depending upon the weapon and ha- where they launch it, how high up, and what it does in the atmosphere, you could have several waves of the EMP coming through, some as much as an hour to two later. Absolutely. Very good conversation. Keep it up. Appreciate we'll do it, Mark. Up. No, thank you. And again, folks, please, I... I am by no means an expert in all of this. And, and again, I, I know there's folks out there that are much more highly educated on this than I. But I will also say this, because I've read enough of these things, and I've even read some of the tests that have been done over the years. Uh, there is still a lot of unknowns with this, even from the quote-unquote experts. And I think they'll even tell you that. It's just something we haven't experienced. To your, to your point, Mark, we haven't dealt with this. Right. And let's hope Not we don't. Not on a large scale. Let's hope we don't. But it'd be good to be prepared in case it does happen. You know, there's also EMP shields, this devices. Yes. Yeah, we actually can, uh, actually we have a close relationship with them. And for those of you right. listening, if you buy one of those, uh, type in Ready Radio. There's a nice discount code for you there if you do that. But EMP Shield has done a lot of studying on this, and they shunt to ground quickly. So they've got a device where literally it's taking what we're talking about, shoving it to ground quickly so that it's taking all of that heat that would basically fry the components in the system. It shunts mm-hmm. that to ground immediately. And they have AC devices that you connect to your house. And DC both. And they have DC devices that you can connect to your car. Correct. So they have different boxes. That's right. For different situations. They've even got some for some of the ham radio operators. Those, you know, like Mark was talking about a moment ago, they've even got devices to to even protect just, you know, um, miniature electronics, things along those lines if need be as well. And some of these you can buy as a package. And they just continue to come out with more and more devices as time goes by. So, yes, EMP Shield, thank you for mentioning one of our sponsors as well, Mark. I appreciate that. And there's a nice discount code for those of you listening. Just type in Ready Radio when you go to checkout, and you'll get a nice discount. All right, we got a minute or so left here. The scorecard, go download this. Take the test. And what I would say is take the test now, and then as you start working towards things, see how you improve. Is that a good way to do it, Mark? That is a great way to do it. The test itself will tell you what to do next. Okay. And you just go through that. Again, we're going to have Mark back. Mark doesn't know this. We'll have him back on a fairly routine basis because I've had a lot of fun. This has been <laughs> a joy. And, again, Mark's got his own website. You can download this, and we'll have this up on ours as well, onedayclosser.biz. Onedayclosser.biz is where you go to. You can download the scorecard and, and just even listen to Mark and his podcast. And, hey, this is a community. Uh, I don't look at this as any, anything competitive. We're all working towards the same goal here, which is getting all of you and the friends and relatives and neighbors and folks that you're around to also be ready because the more all we're ready the less chaos there will be when something you know may actually come about so mark clay thank you very much i appreciate it you're welcome thank all you right. guys that's it for today if you're listening to a replay again this has been march 17th thank you so much we do appreciate it very much we'll be back next week same time same place this is ready radio klz 560 and opinions expressed on KLC 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.